Hey there, and welcome to the Unlikely Artist Podcast, where I'll teach you how to gain the freedom you need to become who you want, instead of who you've been telling yourself you need to be. I'm Heather Kerr. I went from international tax to art and coaching because those are the things I've been yearning to do. Listen in to find out how you can start doing what you love to in slow, easy steps each week. Let's dive in now. Welcome back, Savvy Soul. So today we're going to be talking about your audience. And yes, that includes you. And I'll be explaining why. So as usual, I got the idea for this podcast by listening to another podcast. And that's because that's one of the ways I take in a lot of information because I I'm out walking my dogs a lot. I spend a lot of time outside. And so I listen to a lot of podcasts. And also, you know, when I'm doing housework or doing stuff around the house, I listen. And when I'm doing that, somebody will use like one expression and it will just launch in my brain as a a full idea where I'll just start free associating what they've said with a bunch of other things I know about and some client experiences I'm having or my own journey as an artist or as an owner of a property that I care for all of my life experiences. So that's kind of how I roll. So anyway, this morning I was listening to the legendary Rick Rubin, who I've talked about before because he wrote this brilliant book on creativity. Anyway, he's a music producer and he's done all of these big bands for decades and he's just an amazing creative soul. So the thing that he said this morning that caught my attention was the audience always comes last. So when he's directing this comment, he's talking about the production of music and visual art, but really in this particular interview, he was talking about producing music. And he said, the audience always comes last, not because we don't care about the audience. We do care about the audience, but in order to serve the audience, we need to forget about them and to listen to the creative urges in us because that's how our best work comes out. And that makes sense to me. If we're worried about the audience we can only be thinking about things that have been done before, things that have happened in the past, because we're trying to predict behavior. We're trying to predict reactions, and we need to look back at experiences, see what we've observed in the past, and to try to imagine how they're going to react. And what we're not doing is we're not listening to what's inside of us, if we're filtering what we're going to do for our audience, we're not nurturing the ideas that are bubbling up inside of us. We're not nurturing our own creativity, our own urges. We're not exploring. We're not trying things. We're not innovating. It's if we don't worry about the audience, we can explore we can try things that have never been done before. We can really bring ourselves into it. 
It's where our best work can come out. So in this episode, Rick was really speaking about musicians, but everything he says is always really to all of us because he's got very broad views about creativity and his view, like mine, is that we are all naturally creative and we are all creators. Savvy Souls, there's not a single one of you who isn't creative. And Savvy Souls, there's not a single one of you who's not at this very moment actively creating something. And Savvy Souls, there isn't a single one of you who doesn't have an audience now. I'm going to come back to that and explain why. When I had my own personal journey of becoming an artist, I knew that I'd latched on to something fundamental that could help other people. So just to recap, for those of you who haven't listened to my podcast before, haven't heard this before, I used to be an international tax lawyer. And in my early 50s, I had visions of creating art. And it was very surprising because I hadn't been focused on art since I was about 11. And I went through this journey of quitting my job and learning how to do art. And eventually my colleagues would show up at my, former colleagues would show up at my art shows and lament they couldn't do something like I did, which made me sad. And my whole journey really had me feeling that I'd latched onto something pretty fundamental that I could use to help other people. I wasn't quite sure at first what it was. And so at first I thought it was my discovery that I could be creative. I'd always told myself I wasn't creative. And yet here I successfully became an artist. And so I thought, well, maybe that's what I meant to share with other people. Just the vision that we're all creative and we can all do art if we want want to do that. And so at first I thought, well, this is what I need to help other people see. But eventually I realized that what I wanted to share was something much deeper. And it was really more broadly about the journey I was on. It was really more about the ability and freedom I discovered to make choices that feel good to me, that are right for me. And more specifically, my ability to choose to follow the urges and to choose to express what is inside of me and the freedom I have to choose a path that makes sense to me. And I realized that this journey that I was on, this experience I was on, is where I could be of greatest service to help people understand the way in which they're shaping and creating their lives and to help them see the choices that they have, the choices we can all make to take a creative attitude towards our lives and what we want. So that's why I'm delving deep into my own creative process, my art, and mining what I learn from that for things I can share with you here on the podcast about creating your life. That's really 
what this whole podcast is about is how you can create your life. So just taking us now back to this idea that the audience comes last. As I talk, Savvy Souls, I want you to be thinking more specifically about your life, about what you're creating, and notice that there's always an audience. So if what's engaging you right now is you're thinking about your career, your audience includes your boss and your colleagues right now, potential employers that you know about or don't know about, your friends who are witnessing your journey and have views about it, your family and what they want and need. You're thinking about leaders in your field. You're thinking about experts, consultants, advisors, maybe even what people are saying on social media. All of those you can consider as part of your audience. If you're thinking about a business that you're running or you're thinking about creating, the audience is your audience, are the people who are either buying your services now or your products now or might want to buy them. You're thinking about markets and what you've seen other people do and the audiences that have already been created. You're basically thinking about other businesses and the current environment, the current context. You're thinking about all of those people out there, and those are your audience. If you're thinking about relationships, making new friends, finding a new romantic relationship, your audience are all the people out there that might want to be your friends or might want to date you. That's your audience. And of course, if you're an artist or a writer, a musician, or someone in a creative business, your audience are the people that will see or hear or experience your creative work. And in all of these creative endeavors, your career, your business, your relationships, your art, your best results won't be achieved if you're subsumed in thinking about what your audience wants from you. Notice if you your focus is on the audience, you're going to be considering things like what's worked before? What have they liked before? What's made them happy before? What have they been enthusiastic about before? What have they not liked before? You'll be analyzing what they want or what they might want. You'll be falling into their parameters of what they think works and what they think doesn't work. You'll be confined in a set of rules that present themselves as just the way things are. You'll be focused on what's already been tested or tried or proven to work before. I think this focus on the audience explains why there's so many ineffective business programs, ineffective career or job placement programs, ineffective art or writing courses, so many ineffective courses. You'll know if you're in one of these ineffective courses, if the advice is 
These are the qualities employers want to see. These are the things you need to get promoted. This is the way you need to be to make friends or to attract a date. These are the kind of books, skincare products, coaching programs that will sell, and these are the things that won't. This is the way you need to run a business. The focus from this kind of advice is always on what's worked before. What specific alternatives that set of employers has valued? What art those people have bought? And absolutely none of that has you creating at the highest level. Absolutely none of that has you creating the life that a hidden part deep inside of you is trying to bubble up and create. I started posting on LinkedIn two or three years ago. I had lots of contacts there from when I used to be a lawyer on Bay Street and my firm had got us to create a LinkedIn account, but I'd never really used it. But after I became a coach, I thought, oh, this might be a good way to reach my audience. But for a really long time, I really struggled with my posts. I had stuff I wanted to share, but somewhere between my brain and the LinkedIn post got contorted into something different than what I really wanted to share. And I couldn't figure out why. And it took a lot of time and some actually good coaching of me for me to realize that my problem was focusing on the audience. When I wrote my post, I was imagining a sea of kind of critical faces of business people that I'd known all judging me, judging me for being a life coach, judging me for being an artist. So not only was I focused on the audience, but I was focused on an imaginary critical audience, which is, I think, what a lot of us do. And so when I was doing that, I was writing things like arguing with people about the value of life coaching, as if I was going to persuade somebody by trotting out a bunch of facts or observations in an article. I was focused on them instead of focused on what wanted to come out of me, what I thought I could share that just felt useful. So the result was my best stuff wasn't coming out and people could feel it. The truth is, savvy souls, we are energetic beings. So if I'm really focused on the audience and trying to please them in advance, I'm not putting the right energy into what I'm doing. And the people that read it can feel it. We can pick up the energy with which something is communicated. So when my focus is that way, I'm not producing my best stuff. Savvy Souls, when you're focused on your audience, your best stuff isn't coming out either. You can feel yourself holding back, right? You can feel yourself containing yourself. You can feel yourself holding down the good ideas you could be sharing at your team meeting. You can notice yourself 
not going after a job where you see so much potential about what you could offer in that position, but you're not doing that because you think that's not what they're looking for. That's not what your audience is looking for. You can feel yourself clamping down on the art bursting to come out of you because you assume that art buyers want something different. Savvy souls, when you're focused on your audience, what you're really focused on is being judged. Your attention is on how to limit the pain of rejection. Oh, if I do this thing, I know these people generally like, then I'll be accepted. And when you're worried about being judged, that's not an expansive feeling. It's not a mental state that will propel you into your deepest creativity. Even worse, by concerning yourself with how other people might judge you, you're not, at the end of the day, successfully avoiding the judgment or rejection that you're fearing. You're exposing yourself to a really terrible critical judge. You. You're exposing yourself to a rejection of who you are naturally by yourself, by trying to mold yourself into what you think your audience might not reject. So at the end of the day, you're rejecting yourself ahead of time. You're not avoiding the judgment. You're not avoiding the rejection. You're guaranteeing it. So I have a belief I feel really strongly about and if you're a cynical person, it might seem rather Pollyanna-ish, if I can put it that way. It might seem overly optimistic or too feel-good. But I really believe it's true based on all my clients and my own personal experiences and all the people I've studied over time. And I'm a person who's studied people for a long time. At least to me, this belief of mine feels true to me. So you can take it or leave leave it. And it's this. We're all here for a reason. We all have gifts. We all have something unique to offer that comes from a combination of our genetics, our experiences, our attitudes, our personalities, the lessons we've learned, the skills we've developed, the struggles we've gone through. We are each one of us utterly unique, and we are each one of us naturally creative beings. And so in each moment of time, each one of us has something that wants to come out, something that wants to be offered, whether just to the people immediately around us, to our broader social circles and current work environments, or to people we don't even know yet or haven't even met to the world at large. And absolutely none of that can come out if we're obsessed with guessing what our audience will think. What I want for you, Savvy Souls, is for you to give yourself the freedom to express what's really happening for you, for you to share what you know, for you to offer your ideas, for you to activate new relationships, new pursuits, new music, for you to invent new combinations, new businesses, new ways of seeing things. And to do that, I want you to allow what's inside of you to come out 
and to not overly concern yourself with what your audience will think. I want you to allow yourself to create something new and in doing that, create a new audience who wants whatever that thing is you've created. And here's the thing. If you adopt this way of being in the world, you're guaranteed to have at least one appreciative member of the audience, and that's you. You're guaranteed to have an appreciative audience of at least one person, and that's no small thing. And Savvy Souls, if you're struggling with any of this, or you listen to this episode and you say, I I could use some help with that. It's not always easy to discover these things on our own. And if you need some help and you want to talk about it a little further, join me for a free personal strategy session where we can talk about your dreams and aspirations and what's keeping you from getting there. And we can talk about whether my coaching would help you or whether something else would help you more. To book a free personal strategy session, just go onto my website and click the link there at www.gracedcanvas, that's G-R-A-C-E-D-C-A-N-V-A-S dot com. Or just send me an email at heather at gracedcanvas.com and I'll respond. Or just write to me and let me know about something you'd like me to talk about on this podcast because I'm here for you. Love you guys and see you next week. Bye. So if you're energized by the possibilities you're hearing about on this podcast, but you're wondering how it's possible to actually make what you've been fantasizing about doing actually happen, I'd love you to join me for a free strategy session where we'll talk about coaching together. We'll explore how you can start making what you want possible by taking small, easy steps that add up to something amazing. Just click on the link in the show notes below this episode to book your free call. I'd love to meet you live. And all my listeners, remember, it's finally your time to do what you want.